Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. So glad to be here. And you glad to be here? Yes. <laughs> We're so glad to be here. It is um, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Happy 2023, and um, we have so many things to probably share with one another. If you have not taken the time before the service, just do take the time to share it with one another um, of what the Lord has done with you and through you and, uh, and for you as well. And uh, I really believe that the Lord has a great year ahead of us. I feel that this is a year that is going to go fast, and for some that's scary uh, because some of us would say, hey... Um, I'm going as fast as I can, but maybe this is a year that we will learn that sometimes we don't have to keep up with the speed of things because we are joining in with the speed of God. And um, if we remember how the earth turns around itself um, and God holds it in itself in, in his own axis, we, we have to understand that we don't know how fast the earth is moving. We don't see it in the daily, in the in the... In the, the, the most simple things of life. You don't think, oh, the earth is going so fast, let me hold on. But maybe sometimes we lose hope because we don't understand that he holds the earth as well. And I think this is going to be a different year that we will feel that we will do less and it will be more and it will create more and it will produce more and the presence of God and the anointing of God and, and what you understand of God is going to grow faster and better and stronger and I believe God is, is for us. Are you ready? Yes. 2023, are you ready for us? So we say. Anyways, let's go to the Word of God. The Word of God comes out of Hebrews today. We're going to go to chapter 4. Chapter 4, NIV. I'm going to be reading. You can read it from any version you want whatsoever, as long as it's called the Bible. I think it's going to be a good thing for you. And he says like this, chapter 4. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to individual, to the dividing, to dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and lay before, bear before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's good news for the ones that behaved. But this is the better news for the ones that didn't. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. It doesn't mean you possess, but you might profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy. Other verses says empathy or the weight of our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet, just yet. He did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with 
confidence, with boldness, so that we may receive mercy, approach, being bold and confidence, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Father, thank you for your amazing presence, Lord. Father, bring to life your word. Make it relevant to everything we live, Lord. Or show us how it is already relevant, I should pray. Father, there's nothing in this room that we crave more than your presence. Father, we came for you. And if you make yourself clear, if you make your attitude, your heart, your love clear, Father, to us, we will be enlightened, we will be better, we will be transformed, we will be challenged, encouraged. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you, will you meet us in this place? If you join me in that prayer, you can say, Amen. Out of the blue, we're coming under the title, How to Be Bold. And, um, and bold has so many, so many meanings in the culture that we're living today. Bold could be a type of color. So if you didn't know how to hear or how to read, you still could actually probably relate to the terminology of being bold because you could say that color, ah. The other day we were with some friends in a place that has more sun than England and, um, and they have a new baby. And um, as we came out of the, the airport, the baby didn't know how to relate to the sun because the light was bold. So the baby was doing all sorts of things, you know. And um, I wish we could have videos right now, but it's okay. Childcare is not going to sue us. Um, and the baby was actually having, having to come to terms with having an intensity over its life that he was not used to. He was born in an environment and he didn't understand how to relate to the light, the intensity that he was giving into the moment. And many times in our life, we actually come into a year like this, not knowing how we're going to relate to situations, to feelings, to understanding of others, even over our lives. We have met our parents-in-law. We have met our wives, our kids. We have met ourselves in front of the mirror. And we don't know how we're going to relate to this year because there are so many things that are still in the ink pot and we don't know how to be bold if we are facing those. And if the word is true, God is for us. The word, the word is not something that is only ink and is written. The word is a person, the word of God, Jesus. The second person in the Trinity comes to us and he says, I am alive and I'm active, I'm working. You don't have to face this year, 2023, with the baggage of 2022. You don't have to face it with your emotional tiredness. You don't have to face it with your own stamina. You can be in me because I'm active. You don't have to move for me to be moving. You can stay still in that seat and the world will still be moving. That's the truth of God and that's the truth of who you are and you can rely and rest on that and you can be at peace. Because his peace is given to us like nothing that can be given. So this year is going to teach us several lessons in the midst of us understanding how to be bold and how to live out boldness because that's not arrogance. And some of us in the impetus of our youth, some of us have more problems with that than others. 
We will understand boldness with impetus and lack of respect. But God is wanting us to understand something deeper. The word, a person, the second in the Trinity is alive and is active. And you could ask me so many questions, but I'm going to tell you he's sharp. And what he does, I was good. I was theatrical. If you understand what he does for you, you will get his personality. And some of us actually get to meet Jesus more through his personality than when people said about that person. It's like a friend. You, you have friends that actually talk about that other friend that you have never met. We, we live in a city and we share so many friendships. We have relationships here, there, and everywhere. And you talk about, oh, I have a friend or I know this person. And when they meet each other, they're almost meeting for the first time, but they almost know each other. And in that first glance, they were saying, I have to say, hey, I think I know you. I mean, I mean, I've heard of this person talking so much about you. Jesus says, I'm sharp. He's not saying I'm soft. He's saying I'm sharp. In a year that professes a lack of peace, Jesus is saying, I'm going to pierce through it. And I have given you a faith. I live in you. I am the word in you so you can pierce through it sharply. With that, we have enough for the year. If I know that Jesus is going to be sharp on what he says, on who he is and his character, I know I can trust heaven. It doesn't matter what comes my way or in my feelings. I can trust that the gospel and the truth and good news of God is not going to only be revealed to me, it's going to manifest to me, it's going to transform me, but it's also going to use me to bring that kingdom here where I am at, into my community. Because I don't want to live a religion that is only what I can get. Jesus said, I am sharp and a sword affects all things. It's a two-edged sword. It doesn't affect only the listener. It affects through the listener, the one that lives with the listener. There's two edges to the story. And he says, not only that, it penetrates and even divides soul and the spirit. Your experience of what you're living, your soul. Remember several weeks ago when we talked about the mind, the body, and the spirit? He says, he even divides in between your experience of what is surrounding you, how you experience it, and his spirit. That's so intimate. So he comes in and he, he relates to us in a deep way. He's not scared of what we don't know about ourselves or what we know about ourselves, but we still fake it in front of others because he's not religious like you and me. He says, you know, I will divide. I will tell you the truth. I will tell you what is and what is not in between your soul and your spirit. You know what? Your joints and your marrow, what is flexible. And you, you know those ideas that you have that you still don't know if you are with it or you are not with it. And the marrow, that is the, actually the essence that nourishes your bone, that keeps your bones healthy and young. There comes an age and there comes a moment in our walk with God that our marrow starts decaying. There comes a moment in our life that the marrow inside of our bones starts decaying. And that is the moment that we are getting old. Some of us have 
better experience in the feeling of that. When the marrow starts decaying, your bones don't regenerate, don't strengthen up in front of an injury or a challenge in strength like they would do when you were younger. That's why when the kids are born, there's even pieces of it that are not there. They are not solid, they're bland. They're soft, they're still forming. That's why when we read the word, we want the word to actually separate between all of those areas in our life because we don't want to become old in the spirit. So he says, I'm sharp, I can keep you young in your spirit. I am like that, that divides, but you have to give yourself to me. I am, I am sharp, I'm the word, I divide. For the ones that like unity too much today, God came to divide. And he judges, ooh, dirty word. He says he judges through the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Who are you to judge me? <laughs> I mean, who is it? Because the person that judges us, oh, this is a very light word for being the first one of the year, isn't it? It's going to be a good year. You know and you're going to get it, you know? He says, you know what? Don't be scared of this because he judges. And he judges with love with understanding, with comprehensive understanding. He knows how to divide what is inside of your bones out of your soul. He knows how to divide in better terms what you think from what you did. Because people would understand what you did. But he's able to dissect you so strongly and so pro prolifically, so profoundly that he's able to separate what you did from who you are. Can someone say amen for that one? I heard so many amens right now. It's just revival in the church. We need that, Lord. Yeah, separate that. I didn't want to, but you know. Paul would say, you know, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. What a wreck am I? And we all live in that tension, and this year presents to us not a year of being soft and good at tissue and we're going to have the rocking time of our days. This year is going to present us Christ and Christ crucified in situations that we will not know, but he will be there. So present, so strong, so sharp, such a word that he will be able to divide. And we got to get to terms with what the gospel brings because it's not sufficient with feeling good. He wants power to flow from us. He doesn't want meekness not to be met with strength. He wants the truth and he wants the grace to walk together. That's why he gave you two legs. But we are sufficient with having the grace and we don't know that grace came to give us power to change. Grace didn't come to make us feel good. He came to empower so we could be how he is so we can be as a resemblance of who he is because he created us to be as to his own image he doesn't want us to be weak he doesn't want us to be depressed that doesn't have to be our state that might be something that we go through although i go through the shadow 
And in the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I can go through depression, but I am not depression. I am not the depressed one in my family. I don't know what was said about me in that Christmas party. I don't know what was said about me, and because of that, they didn't invite me. I don't know, but I am not that. I am the one that goes through that. And that's what the gospel says about you, and that's what he says about me. He's sharp, and he divides. And he doesn't lose any terms. He's not looking for the small writing he wrote the universe. The algorithm for the sun is still hold, and the patent of that is still in his hand, and he's still in heaven. And we don't have to celebrate religion. We celebrate our relationship, and this is the year. We celebrate the power of God in the mix of our weaknesses. He says that I want you to be bold and I want you to come to me in that boldness. I don't want you to come into me with who you are and what you've done. I want you to come into me through the blood that I have poured into you. I want you to come in power. I want to see my kids come unto me. I want them to come to me saying, you know, I have but you are better. I need, but you are more than enough. I could, but you exceed what I could. I am because you're more. This is the gospel. And this year is going to bring us challenges, baby. Woo! Challenges. Who likes the boat? Like the, the, the word challenges is just a dancing word. Challenges. You can dance salsa into that one, you know. You, you can have a balls into that one. Because you know what? Challenges learn us the rhythm of life. We want kids, but we don't want to push them out. We want to have C-sections. And now we have capsules that grow them. Have you seen that? I mean, whatever, I'm just going <laughs> to. Jeez. So he's sharp, and he just divides, and he judges. You know, it's, it's a great thing, you know, because we need a judge that is fair, that knows how we feel. We don't need judges that actually are winning from what we have done, like society presents to us. We win when we have judges that says, I know how you feel, and I know your thoughts, and I know your intentions, and we need a gospel that presents us a judge that knows our thoughts and our attitudes, that knows our actions divided from who we are and our intentions, that knows our heart because he permeated into us, and he knows. He created us. He designed us. He designed that the steps that we will take will be just, that we will be able to resemble him in glory in the midst of the mundane and the need. He's the God that comes with all that strength to a year like today and says, you know, although everything is unjust, I can be just through you because I inhabit you. My spirit is in you and I can divide. I know who you are and nothing in creation is hidden from my sight. I see who you are. So you don't need excuses this year. This is the year that we're going to make excuses old-fashioned. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Because we all are addicted to excuses. It is because of. And that becomes the because of our days. But we can believe better. We can believe more full. We can believe more complete. We don't have to believe because. Because doesn't have to be in our vocabulary, in, in vocabulary if it doesn't remain in the light. 
if it's not describing his personality is describing your failure because is your enemy if it does not describe your God put that in your book take it to the bank catch it in that's really good in crypto you it hey, I'm telling you because comes either to take you down or to you know underline who he is in your day every time you say because think about the spirit the thought the intent the motivation behind that because Think about it. You have been called to live richer this year. Stronger, better, in a power that is not of your own. God doesn't want you to be mystical. Oh, floating over the situations. He wants you to be so heavy-footed in your situations. That you know not only who you are, but more importantly, who he is. I'm going to tell you something about this. He says very quickly, he says, Luna, you know what? Let's hold fast. Let's hold fast to this. For we don't have a priest that cannot be enabled and just feel sympathy for our weaknesses. But we have one that has been tempted in every way. And so as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's grace with confidence so that we may receive grace and mercy to help us on a time of our need. He said, hold fast. Hold fast, holding fast is actually a marine term. To hold fast, you might have seen it in the knuckles of someone that your mom said to you stay away from when you were young. Hold fast, it's four letters and four letters. It just actually, you know, kind of, it makes the make. But to hold fast is to make it, to hold with strength and quick enough so you don't let go of what is important. To hold fast in that moment was to hold to a rope. To hold to the rope that holds the anchor. Our church is called Hope and Anchor. God is saying hold fast. Not to the congregation. Because we can break in a second. But what is more important? To who is the hope? And who is the anchor? To hold fast means to hold into something that is stuck, that keeps us in place. To hold fast means that God is up to something and I still am living the storm in the surface while he's in the deep. Can I go deeper? I'm going to go deeper in this one. Context. We, let, we read from the Hebrews, right? And the Hebrews actually, it's one of those letters that actually talk about, and it's actually even professed as the book of better things. This is very known. You can find it. You can study it super quick. They don't even know who wrote the book. They still are just kind of, is it Paul? Is it one of his disciples? I would say it was one of his disciples because the style of his writing is different. So I would say it was Apollos, and you can check me on that if you want. But this is a book that actually came to talk to us about how to walk as priests, like the priesthood of the land. I know we come to church thinking I'm going to take something from it, 
But God sees us as we walk from the door in as someone that is burning an incense, as someone that is coming to give something in front of God because our high priest has opened the way. When the cross happened, and this is what we celebrate every time we get together, we celebrate that we don't need any priest anymore, but we need the high priest to live in us. So we have this high priest that comes in and he says, you know what? I have called you all to be high priest in front of me. I have broken the veil. There's no distance. I want you to reach at me. I want you to have me at hello. I'm not a God that can be, you know, like missed if you're looking for me. But I want you to, to look for me with respect. A priest needed to have respect. If you don't believe me, ask the kids of Aaron in the Bible. Aaron, and this is, I didn't ask anyone for this scripture, but in the book of Leviticus, you know, we have, we have this family that was chosen by God to actually come and do this kind of thing, but in a tent. And in that context, he called the family to serve with him. The kids were four, he was one, it makes five. It's actually meaning that through his family, he's going to show his grace. And through that, through showing his grace, God was living with the people of Israel through this family. He was shown through them like he can be shown through you and me. We can show God through our actions, through the way that we serve God. So this family comes in and the kids started getting lazy like you and me with our walk with God. You see, already many of us have missed at least one or two days of that Bible reading, mate. Every year we said, this is the year. Who said this is the year? Can I say, I, I want to see some hands. Some brave ones, you know, like, like some small ones, you know, like how many of you guys actually said, I promised God last year to be the year. So I feel that I cannot say that. Can I have any, any hands? Any true hands? There's one, there's one in the back. There's one in the back. There's one winner. There's two winners. There's two winners. Okay, give it to go. Give it to go. Anyway, and they go. <laughs> See, God doesn't live on your promise. He lives with what he sees in your heart. He divides. But this family had two kids. There's always two. That they knew their position in God like we know. We come to church and we're going to receive something from God. But maybe we're not, we're not going to live it. We're going to go and criticize and feel awkward. We're just going to go and decide anyways what we want. And we might even come because we understand we get fed emotionally in a context like this. But spiritually, we're not looking for transformation. We go out and do whatever we want. So there's two kids of that family that were part of the promise of grace, but they wanted to go and do dad's job on their own terms. Dad's job on our own terms. This is a year that is going to be rocking, baby. God is coming into pruning. He's coming in to bring fire that is loud, that is wild, that cannot be contained. And you're going to ask these two kids what happened. These two kids wanted to light up their own fire. I want to do things my way. And you know what happened to them? They got burned. They went into the, pers the persons of God. They wanted to redeem 
and to actually kind of sacrifice in front of the Lord, but they, they didn't want to go to the source of the fire of God. They didn't want to have that person's, person's of being a priest. They didn't want to have that presence of personality to live in sacrifice like the book of Hebrew is trying to teach us. They wanted to go with the position that they had as a family and because of their position, do what they needed to do in front of God without the fire that was demanded from them. This year, God is going to separate from us what is a way of doing things and what is powerful. Are you ready for that? This year, God is going to separate, and I don't know you, but I pray that God starts separating in my life what is actually my way of doing things and what has the power of God upon it. I don't know you, but I'm praying. I'd rather be burned in front of God than live something that is fake, that is not enough, that is unequal, that is not really meeting the mark, essentially what is not him because I don't meet him. I cannot blame it on the external. It was not the tent, and I cannot blame it even in the fire. It was my intention. He separates the intention from the action. We love that part when he was talking about us being in favor. You know that moment that you felt like, oh, he knows I didn't mean that. Oh, thank you, God. But now he's talking about actions and intentions. How to be bold. We cannot be bold and irresponsible. We cannot be bold in a way that is not respectful to God. Jesus said, I came to bring the sword and not peace. I am the prince of peace, but I came to bring sword. So he was not kind of like trying to make friends, essentially. You can read it all over the Gospels. But he was not disrespectful into the knowledge of God. This is a long term. We're going to go for this one, isn't it? So in the context, we have this book that talks about the better things. And what the heck the better things have to do with this, Chris? It gets better. That's the only thing I have to say. It gets better. So it's about the priesthood and the sacrifices of God and what we are going to be living with God. It's not a happy, clappy term. It's actually a word that comes to expose us. And none of us like to be exposed. None of us actually feel comfortable when we are exposed. Who is the person that in this room says, I love when I get exposed, when everyone's looking at me and singing happy birthday? There's not a person in this room by Sadie that is a liar and we should pray for her. No, no, don't ruin my example. So we are in this, in this context, and the author is writing to us not only to expose us to who is Jesus, because he's the word, he's exposing us to what we need, and that's called vulnerability. 2023, make it your year of being weak and vulnerable. Make it the year that you understand that your rhythm is the rhythm of weakness. Let the weak say I'm strong. My power is perfect in your weakness, says your God. So if you're feeling hot about yourself, wrong year. Go back, back to the future movie. I don't know what you're going to do, but find humility somewhere in there and say, Lord, I don't know, but teach me your ways. Teach me your rhythms, because this year, I don't need to feel so hot about I am. I need to feel vulnerable, Lord. 
Teach me how to be innocent. Teach me how to be even humble. This is a year of walking in humility, not exposed to situations, not exposed to storms that we have to hold on fast. This is the year to walk in vulnerability. This chapter, especially chapter number four, teaches us how to live in the revelation that God, God's knowledge, not human knowledge, God's knowledge. It teaches us how to understand how God sees power. He says, you know what? You have a high priest. And he humbled himself. And he came in touch with everything you are needing. He came in touch with what you don't have. He came in touch with what you feel. He came in touch with your needs. He came in touch with your temptations. He was tempted in every way. And that doesn't mean some ways. That literally means every way. I was talking with two younger people this week, and they were having an argument. You know, it's like, what do you mean with that? And the person was saying to the other, I mean exactly what I said. And after 15 minutes of hearing my kids talking about <laughs> I said, he said he meant exactly what he said, love, to my daughter. <laughs> and I feel that sometimes we need that. We need that in our faith. What do you mean, God? Exactly what I said. I mean, I really mean that. That I love you, but you need correction. That I, I want you, I want to bless you, but you need to let go. That I really love to provide, but you cannot control. That I want you to live a year that is so exceedingly and ridiculously out there, but you need to go to the streets and share who I am. Because if not, you will never know my grace. You will never know the rhythms of my mercy. You will never understand how to talk about me if you don't start at least having worship in the morning. And we remain in the milk and we don't get into the full juices of life and the word. And this is a year that is going to push us to be bold. But how do we do that? Observing the rhythms of vulnerability. I am tired. I am not enough. See, I thought I knew. See, I thought I was going to make it. See, I thought God was going to be through at this moment. See, I know I wanted this and I got it, but I don't know what to do with it. See, I prayed for this for years. But now I have to pray to, to see what I do with it. I wanted provision, but I don't have the maturity to walk on it. Day in and day out, I can see I stumble upon things because I've been provided. And I paid attention to the provision, and I forgot the provision, the provider. This is a year that we love to be exposed, and we learn what vulnerability comes to bring to the table. Are you with me? Is this living anything good for 2023? Is that good? Yeah, you, you can see I'm rested. I've spent a lot of days in the desert. <laughs> it was Fortaventura. I don't know what. Yeah, the Lord is there. Anyway, so we have boldness as a thing. And, and when we define boldness, we define it in several ways. I'm going to tell you what the dictionary says, and I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, you know what, is to have confidence and an attitude of privilege. 
The dictionary, our common knowledge of it, says that it's to take risk. To be bold is to take risk. But why are you taking that risk? See, we are blinded by, let's take a risk. We can invest in this. We can do that and the other. Why do we do that? What is the motivation? The Bible says that he divides motivation and action. So as a Christian, 2023 has to give me the investment of knowledge of heaven. And who is he amongst my nerves, my marrow, my bones, how I hold on. I don't want to live what the world is living because I've been baptized with love. I have the confidence of heaven living in me. And in me there's power that lifted Jesus from the grave. I have faith. So I don't have to live less than what he says. He says, I don't want you to take a risk. I want you to know why you're taking the risk. And you can say it's because I am obeying. You don't have to have excuses. You can say, I just obey. Why you did that? Jesus said. Many years ago, we were coming with my family to the UK. And um, we had like 1,200 dollars and um, we were coming with my kids you know and we had 22 pieces of luggage and if you make the math that does that 1200 quid are not enough to actually bring that over and I have a family member that got angry with me because I didn't leave my TV with them and they were gonna lend me the, the car um, to go to the airport and what happened was that um, in the middle of the night I was like saran wrapping clean film for the UK version of this and um, I was I was just kind of going at it you know like so nothing opens and plates and baby stuff goes out you know and you know and we were there and this person comes at me and says what do you think you're going to do with all that and I said well I, I, I prayed and I really feel that God said you can take it and um well so I'm going to do that he said well you know you don't you don't make the rules you're not going to be able to take that you're not going to take that. Not even if you pay, you're going to take that. I said, well, I, you know, that makes it easy because I don't have enough to pay for this. But, but God said, I can take it. So I am going to believe. And that doesn't mean you're blind as a bat. That means God said and you obey. And the rest is, you know, you can say I was wrong. And that was easier than blaming God. Because you didn't put the sun this morning to round around the, the globe and, and keep it there. So what happened was is that the rest of the night, that was 5 a.m., you know, when you're going out of Gatwick, you know, like, it's really bad, you know, so you don't sleep most of the night. You're, like, trying to think how to get the train on time. And um, it was nothing sure than that. The person that was going to come in and, and take us, um, that family member called them and said, no, they don't need you. They're not going to get to the airport. It's okay. You don't need to come. And so <laughs> that made it more interesting to obey God. And um, to make it short um, at 7 a.m. Um, another family member said you know what I don't know why but I felt just to send you the manager of our company with the pickup truck and he has ropes if you need a lift he can take all your stuff to the airport and that will be good we got to the airport and that uh, we made the queue I was I was very embarrassed because if they would charge us I didn't have the money but you know when you do embarrassing things for Jesus like talking to people in the tent um, it depends on the season in life, what you do that embarrasses you, right? Maybe showing up into the airport with 22 pieces of luggage or talking to someone with a tea in their hand. You know, it's like, well, it's getting cold, but you can take it. You know, it is what it is. You want sugar? Um, it's one of those moments, right? 
And we showed up into the counter and the person said, where are you going? We said, we're going to London. And um, the person kind of squirmed a bit. And, like, <laughs> and um, we said, well, put the luggage. And as we put in the luggage, um, someone comes in and says, you know what? It's time for your break. You can go. I'm going to take over and say to who knows who that they have to go with you. Done. That's it. And the person, hey, hi, my name is this. And they start. And I don't know why they touch so many places, you know, but <laughs> it is what it is. They have like 18 computers in one keyboard, you know, like, and you don't know what's going on. But <laughs> they're studying their life, you know. Um, and the person, after a couple of minutes there, give me a second, let me just, you know, they said, you can put everything in. Joanna and I look at each other. Gimel looked like this tall. <laughs> Mimi looked less than that. And um, the person said, just pass them up. Oh, the TV, we will have to charge you for this one. <laughs> the one that didn't want to leave. <laughs> to make this story short, God knew what we needed. Everything went in. We didn't have to pay a cent, but provided. He provided for us because we obeyed when it was ridiculous. I want to ask you, don't be irresponsible, but do ask God. Don't do it out of your ego of looking good. But this year, what does it mean to be bold? Because this house is going to be full of miracles. This house is going to be full of testimonies. This is not going to be only something that we say today and we forget. This is something that you should take notes and minister unto God with your gratefulness for the rest of the year that he allows you to live. You're going to be someone that is going to have a bag of miracles. This is not something that is due to you. This is something that is based on who he is. Are you with me? I'm going to start closing completely outside of my notes. But I will ask us, how is it to be bold? Because we have talked and we have looked at context and we have had jokes and we have identified with so many things. We have felt the presence. Who has felt the presence of God? Who has God been talking to? Yeah, anyone? Yeah. He has looked to encourage us to reignite favor and the fervor of God. He wants to ignite in us confidence, but not arrogance. He wants us to understand that we don't have to be arrogant to be bold and confident to come into his throne of grace and mercy. He wants us to understand that we don't need to know it because none of us can say if we are true that we know God. We're getting to know God. We're walking with God. We're getting to know him. What is the presence of God? Who can say? We walk with him. And as we walk with him, we understand him. If we're humble, if we're vulnerable, if we allow him to permeate in. This year is going to be different. This year, through this, he wants to bring rest. And not rest from whatever. It's not about vacations. Vacations are not in the Bible for all of those easy jet believers. I'm joking. 
I'm so glad that no one said amen. <laughs> rest like it matters. Rest from our shame, from our sin. And sin means losing the mark. Your sin is different than my sin. Stop judging your neighbor for they're losing the mark because you're losing yours as well. Be humble and be vulnerable. I'm losing my mark because I don't know, you look perfect from outside, but you might be losing your mark as well. Stop judging my mark. If you're not meeting yours, all of us need the cross to meet the mark. Let's be humble. Let's meet the cross. Let's be vulnerable. He says that he discerns. Jesus came as the word to discern and to challenge. And what? Our thoughts and our intentions. He said, I am your great priest and I know what you feel. I came because I lived because I wanted to be and a model, a model of what you could do when you're feeling in distress and in sorrow, that you can seek my face. He will go back to the Father, day in and day out, and he stood in victory. He didn't fall. He stood in victory, but he knows. He was touched by our infirmities, and infirmities means what is not firm in us. What area of your life is not firm? The extroverts would say all of them. The ones that like are bigger than life, trapped in a small body, I would say, like me and Courtney and some other mortals in this place. We know what is to have infirmities, areas that we're not firm. But maybe you have lived this year, 2022, some things that were that were underlining your lack of firm, your lack of strength. And Jesus went through things like that. He's experienced in your lack of strength, infirmities, the word that we use today, nowadays, for disease. He's experiences on what is eating you alive. He's experienced on what keeps you sick. In some way, it might be public, it might be private, but this faith doesn't leave you polished in the outside and raw in the inside he comes in as a great chef he comes in as a great cook he kicks in he puts this chef attire he rolls up his leaves and says i know what to do with this one i know the temperature of the storm i know the ingredients that will marinate, that will base this properly. And I know, I know what is the season to bring it out of the land. I know when I have to break. I know how much it has to rest. I know how much he needs to be in the fridge. I know how much she needs to go in into even heat. I know, I know who you are. My word, my person dissects you breaks you into pieces, understands how to bless you beyond what you know and understand, uh, this is the gospel. He wants to teach us to be bold, but we need to know to how to administrate, how to go in, and how to walk. He wants us to walk because we're known, but also like we are known. He doesn't want us to walk on a Sunday different on a Monday 
He wants us to walk because we are known, but like we are known. What areas need to meet those two? We need that chemistry. We need that butter with that garlic. We need that sage with that oil. We need that. We need to be cooking and marinating in the year that we're in. He has called us to be bold. And with this, to be bold is to steward things. And with this, I close. I've been called to steward my pain. And I've been called to steward my intimidation. The things that intimidate me and the things that hurt me. I've been called to steward those into the glory of God. I've been also been called to steward, to be bold in the midst of my pain, but also in the midst of the glory of God. How to be bold in the midst of the glory without losing respect, the edge, without talking to my father like I would talk to my friend. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed will be your name. Jesus taught us how to walk. This year is going to wake up the Jesus in you. I feel the sword out. This year is going to be beautiful. I believe this service, more than a sermon or teaching, is prophetic. If you're in this room, the Lord is going to deal with you in an amazing way. The Lord loves you and trusts you, chooses you, confronts you, challenges you, because he wants you to be bold. He wants the boldness that your family said you were when you were young to come back to life. You were known. There's someone in this room that you've been told you were bold. And lately you don't feel bold enough. But God says to you, welcome back. He wants us to know how. He gives the word and doesn't leave us lost. He gives direction. He gives instruction. He gives rhythm. He's going with it. Boldness in the midst of the pain. And the glory, the favors and the lack of knowledge and wisdom to walk on them. In the midst of your reputation, in the midst of your empathy, let the rhythms of empathy grow in this place. How to be bold. If God has been speaking to you, if you want to learn how to be bold in your trials, 
If you want to ask the Holy Spirit to do something particular, personal, nothing that I can convince you with words, but something that you say, Lord, I might physically leave this place today, but if you're God and you said this, teach me. If you're that, I want you to join me in your feet. He wants us to be bold. In the midst of our failure, in the midst of our success, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the glory. He's the one that actually leads us through those places that are dark. Those passages of need and dissolution. Those places that we felt that we didn't have enough to be what people wanted from us. He's dissecting from. He's cleaning up. Today, he's releasing a word over your life, over my life, of how to be bold. This is a year that is going to be known like the year of the bold people. The people that took statements and took a stand. The church is going to come out of the crevices that it hid for generations. And I prophesy not only over us as a small congregation. The enemy has come against the full knowledge of who Christ is. And Second Corinthians says that we will come against every thought and every imagination that came against how we will know of him. And we will take it captive. This year, the church is not only going to grow in boldness, but it's going to take captive lies. It's going to take captive territories, the spheres of society. We're going to be able to go where we didn't go before. Where didn't he, he allow us to go before? This is the season. It's a season that is going to be of great pain. Are you ready? Good news, yeah? But the better news is that he is with us. And I'd rather go through pain with him than we go with pleasure and know Jesus. I don't want to be a church full of pleasure. I want to be a church that knows pain. But in all things, I'll be content. Like Paul would say. Jesus, and this is our prayer. Are you with me? Shall we pray for a new year? For a year full of Jesus. That we are dissected and cleaned up. That we are drawn to his light. That we are able to be drawing boldly into his throne of grace and mercies. That we can not only walk, but we are able to translate, to walk in them in such an authority. That the power of God will come through us so strongly that people will know that these people have something different. And it's their God who carries them is stronger than what I have. And I need that. Who wants to see God? I want to see God this year. I want to be bold. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we stand, Lord, being bold. And we say you are a bigger God than we will ever be able to pray for. Father, we don't have the words as humans to describe your goodness and your mercy, Father, and your strength. Father, and the hand that holds us, Father. Father, we stand here without words, but in knowledge of who sees us, Father. Father, we stand and we call all things to be. Father, the things that are going to be difficult and you're going to use them to prune, to prune our soul, our character, Father. We call upon them, Father, and we bless them, Father, in your name. And we call upon those opportunities, Lord, 
those opportunities to know you as a blessing, as a God that goes before us, Lord, and blesses us with abundance, Lord. Father, we call those, Father, we say, give us the wisdom to inhabit those moments. And we pray, Lord, further and bigger, Father, that you will inhabit us in our weakness and in our abundance to be a congregation, a church around the world today, this year, Father, that would sing high and loud, that will tug and they will push. Father, a church that will hug a community around them, Lord. Father, in such a way that your glory would come and heal the sick and restore the broken, Father. You will restore the oil, the gladness, the inheritances, Lord. Father, economical issues, Father, judicial issues, Father, in the name of Jesus, give us the strength. And give us the wisdom. Father, I believe in you. That's what it means. I believe in you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yeah. Right there in your heart, you have been you have been wanting God to release something in you. Some of you guys have a song. And I don't wanna I don't wanna put you in the spot, but you have been talking with God about this. And I don't know who you are. But you have been asking God for this exact same thing. You have been asking God for a year different. You have been talking with God and squaring the books and said, I was afraid and I don't want to be that. And God is coming for you. He's coming for me. So if you that, you know, give this time of worship every push you can. If that's you, you can just say hallelujah. You can say it's me and I want it, Lord. Or you can laugh like the kids. Yeah. Is that you? Lift your hands. Every eye shut, every bed bowed. Lift your hand with mercy and grace. Boldly into the throne of God. And say, that's me and I'm going to take it in. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.